And now, O Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our strength and our redeemer. If through the words of this human being we do not hear your voice, O God, we ask you to speak to each of us then here in the quietness of our hearts. Amen. Today we are kicking off a new series for the summer, and the word summer is actually going to be our guide, um, as we look at and immerse ourselves in some of the stories of Scripture. Summertime, for many of us, is, is a season that moves at a different pace. The season after Pentecost in the church is similar. The season after Pentecost in the church lasts from Pentecost, which was a few weeks ago, until the end of November. So we have plenty of time to explore God's word together. We have uh, plenty of time to take some different perspectives on what we're studying. And in the summertime, with many of us moving at a different pace, some of us taking time for rest, our calendars looking a little bit different with activity. It's a good time for us to think about this, that the Bible is the word of God. Jesus t conveyed that word to us primarily through storytelling. He used stories to reveal deeper truths. And wherever you open your Bible, be it a story like today, a narrative like today, or one of Paul's letters, or even some poetry in the Psalms and Proverbs, Every single piece of scripture has a story to it. Some of them may not be as narrative as others, but there is a story there that is worth telling and digging more deeply into so that we can find some of God's truths in there. And today, many of you, as you heard this a portion of the reading, and I'll explain why I said portion of the reading in just a moment, probably recognize these characters. The Philistine, referred to in this translation, we, we know as Goliath. David is the young man that goes up against Goliath. Some of you may have even learned that story when you were in vacation Bible school yesterday. Our kids did not learn that one yesterday. If you want to know which Bible stories they learned, just ask one of them. They were very, very intrigued um, with, the story, with the stories that we told yesterday. Um, but this one today, I will go ahead and let you know, I was telling Bob before the service when he was reading, that the lection, in the lectionary today, this story is 49 verses long. 49 verses. You're welcome. We did not read all of them today. By the time we got done with that, Blair would be old enough to preach uh, the sermon probably. Um, but I, wanted, I bring that up because even though we don't have the time and the space and the attention span to really dig into that whole narrative today, please take some time this week to read that whole story, the whole story of David and Goliath. Um, we're going to focus on just these verses today, but there is so much there. It's a powerful story. You could probably take any portion of it and ask the Holy Spirit to show you something more, and no doubt he will do that. And that will give you some context for what we're going through today, because when we get to the story today, I'll just give you a brief summary. David had been asked by his father, Jesse, to take some food and supplies to his brothers. Now, David's older brothers are uh, in the Israel. Israelite army. They are under the command of King Saul, and they are at battle with the Philistines. And I'm very much paraphrasing this and making it shorter, but, uh, but David is working in the fields, taking care of the sheep, and Jesse says, hey, David, your brother and, and, and the other, your brothers and the others are needing some supplies. They've got a really tough battle ahead of them. You need to go take this food to them. Well, David gets there and finds out that there's this guy named Goliath, who is apparently multiple feet tall, and he is uh, so scary, and the Philistines have said somebody's got to come and fight him, and nobody is brave enough to say yes. Nobody is brave enough to say, I will take that risk. 
except this teenager named David. And he shows up. He's not even supposed to be there, but he shows up doing what his father told him to do. Doesn't that sound like somebody else we meet much later in the stories in our New Testament when we meet our Lord Jesus? David is doing just what his father told him to do. He shows up. And he realizes something, and this is where we are when we pick up the story today. David realizes he's got what it takes to beat this giant. He's got what it takes to defeat the enemy, and he can make a difference for his people, for his land, for his king, for his own family. And so he volunteers. Nobody's happy about it. Everybody looks at him and says, you're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You don't have enough life experience to go up against this giant. But David says, no, I I know what I'm doing. I will do it. And really, David was their only option because nobody else volunteered. Nobody else was brave enough to do so. And so that's where we are when we arrive in today's passage when Saul is starting to put his armor on David. They're trying to get him ready to go to battle against Goliath. And the thing I want to focus on today, though, is this. This passage provides us with an excellent opportunity to learn how to pray slingshot Prayers. And as we go along, I'll explain to you what I mean by a slingshot prayer, but I will tell you what a slingshot prayer is not. It is not a prayer of panic. In this passage today, David is surrounded by panic. Has anybody ever been panicked before? How many times have you been panicked within this past year and a half that we have endured together? How many of us have panicked at some time? And we've, had, we've been in that place where we're surrounded by panic and we have to think, am I going to be fearful with everybody else or am I going to react or respond to this differently? And David is in that place where he is surrounded by panic. And friends, you know, a lot of times our prayers come out of a place of panic. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers where we find ourselves in a situation where we're saying one of two things, help me God or fix it God. I'm sure everybody here has prayed both of those prayers at some point in time. Those are beautiful prayers. They're perfect. God wants for us to cry out to him when we don't know what else to do. But today's passage invites us to go deeper with those prayers that when we're surrounded by panic, we can pray in a way that is more than just fix it or help us. David gives us an example today of exactly how we can do that. So we're going to walk through this together. And what he gives us in the slingshot prayer that I'll be explaining is that they are not about panic. A slingshot prayer or the prayers of David are not about panic, but they are about precision. Precision. Precisely naming before God what it is we need and precisely claiming what God has already said he will do. A slingshot prayer does not get caught up in the panic but responds to the panic with a deep sense of precision. And in order to engage in those prayers, the first thing we've got to do is to shed off those things that we don't need. Surrender to the Lord those sins, those emotions, those things that hold us back. And here's the example of that. Look with me again in verses 30. And 39. Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor and he tried in vain to walk, for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I am not used to them. So David removed them. David took off that which did not help that which did not serve the purposes. And let me give a more modern example of what this passage makes me think of. There is a wonderful scene in the movie A Christmas Story um, involving the little brother of the family named Randy. Now, in case you've never heard of A Christmas Story, first of all, 
How? Have you not heard of it? And second of all, you can watch it for 24 hours straight on TNT on Christmas Day every year. I don't know why that is. But anyway, the basic storyline, if you're not familiar with this delightful uh, movie, is there's a young boy named Ralphie, and all he wants for Christmas is a Red Ryder BB gun. And the whole movie is about Ralphie wanting the Red Ryder BB gun for Christmas. And, um, he, and he lives with his family in, an, in a place in the U.S. that is very, very cold. Uh, apparently, you can tour the home wherever it is. Is now even the home where they filmed this movie. But anyway, it's a very cold atmosphere, and Ralphie has a little brother named Randy. Now, maybe it's because I'm a younger sibling. Myself and the younger siblings can understand this, but I liked Randy. I mean, there was just something charming about Randy, and the scene that I'm talking about involves him. He wants to go out and play with his friends, and it's very, very cold outside, and his mother decides to keep him safe from the cold. He's got to wear every shirt, every jacket, every pair of socks, in his closet in, able, in, in order to keep him warm. So she puts all of these layers of clothes on him to the point Randy can't even put his arms down. He's got them out of his side. He said, Mom, I can't put my arms down. And she says, sure you can. And she pushes them down, and they just pop right back up again. And he complains, and she says, no, if you're going to stay safe from the cold, you've got to wear all of this. So she sends him out to play. Randy, being the good younger child that he is, just goes along, and he goes out to play with his friends, and with, before long, he falls down. Don't worry, he doesn't get hurt because he's wearing all those layers, but the problem is when Randy falls down, he can't get back up again because all of that weight is holding him down. All of those layers of clothes that he doesn't need are keeping him from doing what he needs to do. And that is what King David is going through in this passage. He's weighed down by what other people are telling him he needs to do. He is weighed down by opinions of man to the point that he's having trouble hearing the voice of God. And that happens to us a lot of times. We get so overwhelmed with the voices telling us what to do and how to think and how to react. And that is what happens in times of panic. We're bombarded with voices. But David shows us what we can do in prayer by, first of all, saying, God, get all this other stuff out of the way. Get everything out of the way that I don't need so that I can hear you and that I can follow your voice. People have, we all have the best intentions when we're trying to help each other, but in times of panic, it's important for us to stop and to listen, not to all the layers around us, but to what God is saying. And the second thing that David does in, in, that shows us how we can pray to God is in verse 4. It begins in verse 40, and I ask you to look with me there once again. Again. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the weighty, and put them in his shepherd's bag, in the pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Now, let me give you a little picture of what's happening here. Goliath is stomping towards the Israelites, and it is, he does not walk lightly and carry a big stick. He, he just is stomping Towards them, and there are great re reenactments of this on television and throughout history. And David just goes and starts wading in the water. And not only does he get in the water, he slow he went to find five smooth stones. He's probably picking them up and looking at them. He's taking his time, and everyone is likely saying, "David, we don't have time. You've got to hurry it up." Have you ever told somebody to hurry it up before? Have you, were you telling someone to hurry up this morning just to get out the door to get to church on time? Have you been the recipient of the command to hurry up? 
Once again, David is surrounded by that people saying, hurry up, he's coming, you've got to do this. But David knew what he needed. Because you see, David, before he was ever anointed king, before he ever became known as a psalmist, before he ever became known as an ancestor of our Lord Jesus, he was a shepherd. His job was to protect the sheep. He knew how to fight off lions. He knew how to fight off bears. He knew how, what kind of stone could stop a wild animal in its tracks. And he knew if he could stop a wild animal with the stone, he could stop a giant as well. But not only that, David takes his time and gathers more than one stone. In case there's anything goes wrong, he's got backup. He's preparing himself. And friends, prayer prepares us for the battles that are before us. And David takes the time to be prepared to go before the giant. He takes the time to wait on God, to listen and to pay attention to the stones that are needed. And that is a great example for us because in chaos, the thing we want to do is react. The thing we want to do so often is to take action. And sometimes God is asking us to be the calm in the storm to be the one who is calm so that others will follow suit and that they will think clearly and prepare well. So that is what David is doing here is he gathers these stones to put into his slingshot. And then what he does, we see at the end, he comes before Goliath. Goliath, as we see in verse 41 and following, they have a little back and forth exchange and and, and they go back and forth. But then David knows that he has within him not just the strength, to throw that stone where it needs to be. David knows that it is not he who fights the battle, but someone far greater than he, his Lord and his Savior, his God, who is going to fight this battle for him. And his response in the last verses of today's passage, beginning in verse 45, the, beginning here is the, sling, is the example of the slingshot prayer I present to you today. I want to encourage you to take parts of scripture. I'm going to use this as an example. Take David's words and turn it into a prayer. And I want to encourage you to do the same this week, either with this passage or perhaps with a favorite passage of yours. Because what David is saying here, as we see in verse 45, he addresses, he's addressing Goliath. And he says, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Verse 46, this very day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut and cut off your head. And then in verse 46 and 47, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. So what David is, David is saying this to Goliath. He's saying, you know what? You ain't got nothing on what my God can do. He's saying, I have within me the strength. I have within me the power. And friends, as children of God who believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, we have that same power and authority to go against the giants in our lives today. Whatever giant that may be that you or we are facing, We have the power and authority. We have to claim it, though. We have to pray it. We have to take it before God with precise confidence and not with panic. So this is an example of a slingshot prayer. It begins with declaring, with David David claiming for himself that he is confident, claiming that he is confident in this situation. So an example of this would be in verse 45. It is saying, you know, Lord... This giant has come to me with sword and spear and, 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 and has come before me, but I come in your name today. I come in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. That's claiming that confidence. And then he goes on to get, and then you go on to give thanks 
for what God has already done. And we see that here in verse 46 when, when David says that, or rather back up just a little bit when, he, when, when David declares, This very day, O Lord, you have delivered them into my hand. You have delivered us, O Lord, and you will strike down that which comes against us. So you see what's happening here. You take the words of Scripture and you claim that you have the power through Jesus. And then you give thanks for what God has already done. He's already provided that deliverance. But then here's the kicker, friends. At the end of the passage, we discover David's not just praying this for his own protection. David's not just declaring this so that he will be safe. David is concerned about his community. He's not doing this for personal glory. He wants for everyone watching to see, to experience the salvation of God. We see that in the end of verse 46 and verse 47. So your slingshot prayer would end with this declaration saying that you, O Lord, are the only God in Israel. May everybody on the earth know that you are the only God. And may this assembly know that you don't save by sword and spear. The battle is yours, O Lord, and you will give it into our hand. Taking the words of Scripture and claiming them to God, declaring to the Lord what he's already done, thanking him for what he's done, and in confidence saying, do it again, O God. One of the best prayers, friends, that we can pray, if you need a panic prayer other than help me or fix it, add, do it again, God. Do it again. Do it again. That is what David is presenting us here. And friends, he is, and he gives us a perfect example of how we can be the calm in the storm, how we can be the precision in the panic, and how we can be prayer warriors when there is war all around us. I encourage you to take your favorite scripture and turn it into a prayer to God, declaring that word over your family, over your life, and over the assembly that the whole earth would know that Jesus is Lord. Because it's not just about us when we pray. It's always about the greater glory of God so that all will come to know Jesus as Savior. As we go into this week and into this, continue in the summer season, may we be a people of slingshot prayers who seek first God's kingdom and we see that kingdom power at work through he who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, our Lord Jesus Christ, blessed three in one, now and forever. Amen.